This is Not Your Father's Fundraising Podcast, a podcast about, you guessed it, nonprofit fundraising. This isn't the first podcast about it, but definitely not like any others you've listened to. This is a podcast for fundraisers by fundraisers. No boring charts or the same stale best practices you've heard for years. No ideas that only work in theory here. No concepts from people who aren't in the same trenches as you are every single day. Each week, you'll get practical strategies and tips to craft messages that engage donors and raise more money. This isn't smoke and mirrors. Everything has been pressure tested in the real world. Plus, you can start using them as soon as the episode ends. Now, here are your hosts, Ryan Thomas and Steve Thomas. Hello, and welcome to Not Your Father's Fundraising Podcast. This is episode 21. Now we can vote. Yeah. We, no, no vote it's the 21st is... Amendment, though, oh, okay. I think, right. that did that. Okay. At one point, we, we could have voted in the 40s, I think. Can we drink alcohol? Yeah, we can drink alcohol. Okay, now. as a podcast. Yeah, as a, as a <laughs> as podcast. As a podcast. Be clear. <laughs> and never would before doing a still, podcast. And still can't rent a car as a podcast. Yeah, no, we're, four, we're a month away. Four episodes away. But regardless of age and what we can do, episode 21 is eight reasons your direct mail appeal failed. Sadness. I'm your host. And it's not the post office fault. We have nine reasons <laughs> why your direct mail appeal failed. Okay, go back. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. I'm Ryan Thomas. And I'm Steve Thomas. And we both are uh, working at Winicity, executives there. And Winicity is focused on fundraising marketing for nonprofits. And that's what gets us out of bed. But the podcast started because we talked fundraising all the time in settings that weren't really a podcast. Kids' birthday parties, not a podcast. <laughs> Fourth of July barbecues, not a podcast. Uh, out to dinner, back when you could do that, not a podcast. Uh, we, we were talking fundraising and not logging episodes and getting eyes glazed over. So here we are. And you can hang out with us, talk fundraising, and send in questions to podcast at Oneicity. That's not a one-way street here at this podcast. This is a two-way street. Yeah. We want donor listener engagement. And give us your five-star reviews to Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever you're listening to your podcast. Okay, three and a half, four, four and a half. We'll take that. We'll own it. Yeah, we'll take whatever. Give us a good review. Um, give us a true review of what you really think. All right, Unless give us an honest harsh. one. Unless it's harsh. Unless it's too harsh. And if you'll just preface it with <laughs> this is harsh, we'll but just keep we'll just keep scrolling. <laughs> yeah, it's like. Hashtag harsh. I won't read it. My feelings won't get hurt. You get it off your chest. We're all now that won't fix any issues you have with our podcast, but eh, whatever. Um, hopefully in the next few weeks, we can do another mailbag. That'd be a lot of fun. So, uh, we got a few weeks, but it's up to them, but we've got not quite enough, but send us your question to make sure it gets answered. Um, and we're, again, we're talking about direct mail, uh, your appeal, and we're going to use that as a catch all term for any, any piece you're putting in direct mail to raise funds. Mm -hmm. We're just going to kind of call appeal. Okay. But our first thing we always do is something you've seen in the wild, which is fundraising, marketing, something you and I, you or I have encountered or that we can connect. 
True. Yeah. Either way, any of that, that we can sort of tangently tie back to the podcast. Yep. Yep. And if you don't like it, just give us a two-star review. You can't stop us. You can't stop us from doing it. It's too late now. It's too late. (laughs) All right. You go first. Okay. So, um, uh, there's a, a band in LA called Emperor's Night. Uh, and it's not, it's, look, it, it's actually spelled. Is it with plural a, or possessive? I was just about to say, it doesn't appear to be possessive. So apparently these, there's three brothers from New Zealand and apparently they're celebrating or they are the emperor's night. I don't know. And it's, it's night like day and night, not oh. like chivalry. Okay. okay. Well, um, New Zealand is a prime minister. So. Well, I, you know, I'm not getting into politics anyway. So, uh, these guys are trying to make it big in LA. They tried in Toronto. So. If you can't make it in Toronto, yeah. go to LA, right? Okay, yeah, that would yeah, be. that's perfect. And and they decided here we are. We're in LA. Let's print up some flyers. As one does. As one does, right? Okay, that's a but nice tie into direct mail. It is, so, isn't okay, it? well done. But what they did was they offered because they couldn't find they they wanted to make a splash, they wanted to get some attention. So it's they, hard to do in LA. They I offered mean, a car wash. And they, okay. went, they went door to door delivering fly, uh, flyers. I almost said flowers. And it, their, their thing says, want a free car wash? We're a rock and roll band from New Zealand. If you follow us on Instagram, we will wash your car for free, literally. Liter- literally. That, no, no, no. That, that, <laughs> I think that's key because until then, I'm, I'm mentally thinking of all the outs or all yeah. the other things yeah. that could mean. And they, they say, scan here. They put a QR code. Those are coming yep, back. That's a, here, that's a thing. Your QR code, scan it and message us and we'll wash your car. 300, okay. they put it up 25,000 flyers. They washed 350 cars, a couple of motorbikes, an ice cream truck and a dog. More importantly, here's what happened. They got a news article in KTLA. Oh, that even I know KTLA is. Spectrum, LA Daily. They got invited to a slew of podcasts and radio shows just like not, this. I was going to say, right? not, a, not a good fundraising. They had a free photo shoot with a photographer. They watched the car for a New Zealand actor and comedian, some guy I've never heard of. Anyway, uh, he was on the flight of the Concords. Oh, yeah. Okay, yep. <laughs> and an Oscar-nominated, Grammy-nominated songwriter came by. An Oscar-nominated screenwriter came by. Ooh, interesting that they, they want to be unnamed. That's yeah, kind of fun. They met executives from the Grammys, Apple Music, Def Jam Records, Viacom, and 42 West PR, which doesn't mean anything to me, but apparently is a big That's deal. That's probably big. It, yeah. Wow. And then they filmed a music video for free just from the people wash, that they washed all the cars of. Okay. They, they, oh, just do it. As they were... Oh, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. So repurposing content. Now their single is on title romance. Um, it, it, and they filmed it in a house originally built by Barry Gibbs of the Bee Gees. They, an entertainment lawyer got us over after the car. I'm reading their, mm-hmm. their thing on it. And he talks about, they connected with this actress, uh, cinematographer for music videos for Daft Punk, uh, somebody I haven't heard of in the Rolling Stones. Anyway, <laughs> from a flyer. That's awesome. Isn't and, that great? So I just want to say, um, we talked, was it, I think it was last week about validation yep. and feedback to donors. One of the things that, that one of our clients did recently that made me, that just 
all this collided in my head was they offered a, a, a segment of their donor file a car wash if they would come by. It was a service project mm-hmm. for the people that are that they are working with, their guests that they're serving, that, that they wanted not to just receive but to give. And so they had a hugely successful uh, car wash. Yeah. Well, who'd have thought, right? Yeah. Okay. So my connection is these guys were so clever in that they, I'm not sure they knew their audience as much as they, they made it work. They clearly hit some of the right people. It caught enough attention that that got spread. And so, yeah, who'd have thought flyers? Turning into these hookups. Well, I, I think, you know, more than the flyers that, look, if you follow us, we'll wash your car. We literally just want a chance with you. Yeah. But we know you don't give chances for free in your social feed. Yeah. So we'll do something for you up front. So, so many times it's, hey, if we get to 25,000 likes or 25,000 followers, a few people get something. Yeah. Everybody gets, you get a car wash and you get a car wash. Well, they don't even say, hey, and then you have to follow us for 24. It's just follow us, scan the code. And that just, that shows a, that starts to bind a community of like-minded people because there's a lot of trust involved in that relationship and cycle that, yeah, you, okay, that's really interesting. And so we've talked, uh, I've. We've talked, I don't know, I can't remember when we've talked about this, uh, about how when you involve people mm-hmm. in the building of it, the Ikea effect, that, yeah. that I'm involved in that, then I have a sense of ownership way out of proportion. I promise you, some high percentage of the people who had their car washed that now have their you know 48 Rambler or their Silver Cloud Rolls Royce mm-hmm. in the video... They feel some ownership because they were a part they were of that there. and they were part of this band having their success. And yeah, and even somebody who maybe drove a beater and didn't, they're not in the music video, helping by participating and facilitating that car wash because nobody shows up, there's no music video to shoot. Even not getting your car in it or your face in it I, that that was my car wash. Yes. I helped them get part, their start. So so go follow uh, Emperor's Night on Instagram and and watch the. I promise you, and I, I haven't looked at it, but I promise you their Instagram is probably on one of those hockey stick growth moments. Oh yeah. Now and, that that and not run by somebody, run by them because when you're that small, you don't have room for a. Well, leader. they were. <laughs> I guess yeah. Go look at their early posts. <laughs> okay. Wow, that's really good. And, and Emperor's Night, plural Emperor's Night, dark outside. Yeah. Mine is, I want to kind of hide a name, but I came across, I was doing some spring cleaning, but I came across um, some old direct mail and it was two or three envelopes from the same organization, previous years. Okay. Only way I know is previous years is by postmark and by letter date. The envelope looked exactly the same. Oh, interesting. Okay. Now, are you a donor? Um, I'm probably lapsing at this point. All right. But I have been a donor to them before. Okay. And plan, I'm trying to go lapsed because I want to see how they try to reacquire me. Yeah. That's another thing about this podcast is we... 
I have some weird relationships with various organizations. Okay, I was, I was waiting for you to finish that sentence. Uh, and so what, what got my attention was first like, oh, wow, these are all three the same. But then the first split second thought was, oh, that's a problem. But then I realized, no, it's not a problem. And just because something is another year yeah. doesn't mean you have to change it. Because as fundraisers outside of a few examples or one-offs exceptions to prove the rule, our job is to raise funds effectively, not put out something new every year. Obviously there are exceptions, uh, but that's your job is to be best and effective. And now I am, I'm going to keep going and I'm going to go daily double a segue into something you ought to be doing. Whoa, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's cause I had one thing, but I'm like, I can split it across two. So this is something you should be doing if you're not already and practical advice, tips, strategies you can use to increase your fundraising, connect with donors better as soon as the episode's over. You don't have to wait a long time to put this into practice. So tying back, just because you're doing something again, so say you are doing a direct mail appeal or an email, whatever it is, you're doing a project that did really well. It raised a lot of funds or connected with donors really well. And you are coming up to that time of year again, or that event again, you're doing it again. The temptation can be to reinvent the wheel. You don't need to do that. And actually you shouldn't do that because you have evidence in your hand of what worked. Mm-hmm. Now to the other side of the coin, you can't just, Apple A, Apple C, Apple V, Apple S. You can't just copy paste everything and send it. You'd have to change dates. If you talked about a person, you should change the story. You should change your lead and you should change your PS and you should change you know, the last paragraph or last two lines. It's mostly what people are going to read. It should look like you did a different one, but you don't have to reinvent something that's working. Mm-hmm. And that's a temptation I know when I first started that I got caught up in a lot was, okay, this was great. This did awesome. Now think of something entirely different. Okay, we got to do the same thing again, but we have to do it completely differently because that o- we can't use that OE again yeah. because it worked so well yeah. at our envelope. Well, yeah, you can. Because one, nobody's going to say even... The one donor who remembers it from last year isn't going to say, well, they reused the envelope. They go in the trash. Yeah. Nobody's going to notice. Yeah. So don't reinvent the wheel. Focus on the few things you do have to change. You'll be more efficient. You'll raise more funds. You'll connect to donors better. And that gives you the opportunity to uh, test new ideas against that winner, as is appropriate for your size or for the opportunity, so that you aren't just pulling out some crazy idea out of your head, you're, mm-hmm. you're able to say, here's a, I'm going to test against that, going to change a little bit or completely change the OE. Everything mm-hmm. I say is the same. We're going to watch what happens so that if this thing you're repeating does do well forever, great, but often things that have done well, multi-years, they begin, the results begin to tail off. And so if you've been testing something, you can go, well, of course we've got something that, that works over here. Mm-hmm. So you can step you- off. You can fight against that downward trend. Yeah. So sharpen, don't reinvent. Yeah. I like that. Very good. Um, uh, Mine is, uh, you should be telling 
grander stories. Um, yeah, I, okay. I like that. I like that. I like that look. So, um, one of the things that that um, a guy that I worked with twenty years ago would say a lot of times when I was just kind of figuring out how to do this work is uh, he would talk about you have to always set a donor's vision on the horizon. And so the, the hard part about this is, and you, you know, you've heard us talk about telling stories about an individual, about one, yet at the same time, you have to be able to cast grand vision. And mm. I was reminded of this when um, uh, someone called my attention to an article that, uh, an essay that was in um, Psychology Today, guy named Morrison wrote it about um, the how the COVID-19 pandemic focused us all on our, uh, he doesn't quite say, but I'll say our little lives. Mm-hmm. You know, no. there were a lot of us that were, that were bunkered up and you know, we were Your just world living shrunk. It just shrunk. And, and out of that, there, there are record numbers of depression there are record numbers of people dealing with uh, the related kinds of self-medications that have gone on. Uh, There's just been some negative Mm -hmm. come out of that shrinking. And so one of the things that 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 made me think about was this is, this time is an opportunity. Yes. You always tell the story of the one I helped this one, but this is part of the grander vision. This is something this, our organization, this nonprofit, this ministry, we're, we're doing this all over the world. And I was, I was in a creative meeting. We were working with a, one of our international uh, uh, clients who is doing work in several different places. And it was fun to watch our uh, creative director, uh, Jessica, who's, who was doing the writing, try to get her arms around all the things this client was doing, yet talk about single individuals, but talk about the mm-hmm. world. And so big and small exactly. simultaneously yeah. hit your yeah. word count. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the, 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 what I just want to say is yes, tell the story of the one, but always remind the donor about, um, you know, the larger narrative, the, the, the meta narrative, the bigger story that's at work. We're helping this one person, but this is part of changing multiple mm-hmm. generations. This is part of changing a city. Uh, uh, again, what makes me think about this is we have a, have a couple of clients that deal with their work and it's fun to be able to talk about generational effect, how mm-hmm. if you do this for this one person, this one family that rolls down to the children of the children of the children or to talk Compounding about interest. <laughs> yeah, nice. Or you talk about how that, uh, as we, as we work in this inner city location, you're changing the life of one child here is part of our changing the entire fabric of this. Mm-hmm. That's the grander vision. So you should be trying to figure out how to, how to cast great vision in front of your donors, not about huge numbers, but about how the work with the one translates into the grander vision. I think it's interesting that uh, you used horizon because sometimes you'll hear people talk about blue sky fundraising or blue sky ideas, mm-hmm. which, Mm-hmm. are big and massive, but that's straight up. And the horizon is farther out than your shoes, than yeah. your toes. <laughs> what you're looking, right? But attainable or close. Yeah. It's, it's that 
middle distance yeah. that people you, talk about. You can about. focus on it, and yet you're still at work mm-hmm. on the right now here. And it's not, well, let's, let's build eight new buildings and a skyscraper, <laughs> and that, yeah. that's a blue sky yeah. thing. So yeah. and that's really good. Well, and that's, again, I just want to say, that's, not, that's another one of those things that, that is easy to say in this moment, not easy to do always, but the, if you just will constantly be thinking about how you cast the vision large, because people do love to give to big vision if they can understand how they at their level can fit there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like it. Okay. So your direct mail hmm? failed. <laughs> Didn't go well, but you're what? not a sorcerer. You're not a fortune teller. You can't ask everybody you mailed to run a telemarketing campaign and call them and ask them. So you don't know why. Yeah. But you know it failed because the you see the results. A stinky. And you, you see the results and you don't see income. Yeah. And you keep saying, well, let's give it some more time. Hmm? And two years later, you think, I still haven't worked. just not going to happen. And you keep, you either are trying things or you're not trying things. You, you can feel like you're walking around in a dark room without a match, a lamp, anything. You don't know where to go. So we're going to tell them where to go. Yeah. We're going to tell you where to go. We're going to tell you eight places to go. (laughs) We got eight reasons why your direct mail failed. Now this comes out of a a bazillion jobs that you and I have done and our team has done and and do. And more importantly, reviewed after the fact. Exactly. And, uh, kind of calling back to one of my pre, you know, my something you should be doing going against those and understanding because it's just as important to understand why something worked as it is to understand why something didn't work and some of our best meetings are when we're coming up against an appeal or that from that year previous that didn't do well you really got to dissect that because you need to know why that didn't do well so you don't step in that same bear trap or that same pit year over year yeah so eight reasons uh, we're not going to do it. I wanted to do it Dave Letterman style and go backwards. And I wanted to oh, get a band. Peel, the peel off we could do a peel off or I wanted to get Paul. I think it was that guy's name oh, yeah. <laughs> who ran his band yeah, yeah. and then a, you know, a drum roll, but, uh, we're working on a budget for all of those things. Well, we're trying to remain true to your vision of this is just a conversation. It's an, yeah, yeah. It's an authentic thing. Yeah. So, but unlike other conversations, we actually have already come up with the list. Yes. Independently, we have divvied up. The re- we we got together, came up with the reasons, then divvied them up, but that's all we've done. So I know you're four, you know my four, but we don't know what we're going to say, and we are going to go back and forth and, and alternate. And we don't know what we're going to say, even those of us that are going to be saying those words. We don't know. Oh, yeah, I, I, I just have the thing written down. We're, we're just going to see what I can come up with at the time, or read my you handwriting. Act, you actually have notes. That's, I do have notes, you have but, notes. That's, but they're handwritten, well, so it'll be interesting. To, yeah, well, that's your problem. Let's see. I wonder what that says. All right, um, you go first. Okay, and we'll go back and forth. And these are not in order of importance necessarily. No. Okay. No, no, no. All right. That would be that would be an entire podcast. Okay. Rank that. All right. My first one is, and this is this actually would be of my four. This is the num- This actually turns out to be the number one. This is the one that mostly caught. This is the high, the most common reason of my four. The that highest happens. consequence. So right after we said we aren't going to rank them, yeah, you I start ranking. Well, I didn't realize time. it until I was looking at yeah, my okay. list. All right. And I gave a hint in consequence. Uh, you didn't make the scaffolding a part of 
how you go about this. And the scaffolding, if you remember, is problem, solution, participation, and consequence. And I used consequence earlier. Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. So forward tease. Um, so you, you didn't do that scaffolding thing, and that meant that the donor didn't have the opportunity to, to get the full context of what you were about in your message. And that could be none of the four, three of the four, two of the four, one of the four. Most, most of the time people leave out consequence. consequence. Yeah, it's hard. And, and it's just hard. And, and uh, or they do consequence so bad. It's like children are going to die and people go to hell. If you, yeah. If you don't yeah. give by midnight. Yeah. Yeah. And so it, that's, that is the hardest part, but that's usually what happened. That's, you know, if you get, but it, give it a try. Just don't use either of those. Okay. That's really good. Okay. Yeah. You, you didn't expect it to be good. Did you? I no, I didn't expect <laughs> it to be good. I just didn't expect you to go about it that way. My first one um, is not necessarily the most common. I'm not going to put a label on it. But you've mailed the wrong people. Mm. Yes, they're your donors. Yes, you you know have access to them, but they're the wrong people. Uh, that's all I'm going to say because in a few episodes, we're going to have Gersuits on our team on and she'll talk <sighs> all the data and that specifically. But uh, no, no. that needs a to Chris, be included in the Chris list. Suits appearance. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Well, that, that may just be the title of the episode. You need to explain that now because now people are kind of going to be wondering. Well, she's our president and uh, in she, charge of all our data. We all the, work for her. The founding partner. Correct. And could talk way more data than any of us can handle, but in a way that can make sense even to me, which is our litmus test. I'm our, I'm our data aunt Ruby. And specifically to this can explain how you can quickly identify if these people are the right people yeah. because it's, a formula is only as good as your application or your ability to apply that to your specific situation. Exactly. And so it's not, well, you only met, you mailed back your last 900 donors. You should have gone just your 700 donors back. Like, or to it, just these 700. These 700, yeah. or yeah. It, you went 14 months. Like, there's a way to find them and there's a way for you to learn how to find them. And you'll never believe you did it the old way. So let's just say Chris has some conditions before she comes on any podcast. And I, you think you've met those. We're going to find out. Okay, good. If it's been five episodes and we still haven't done that appearance, her we'll level know. of precision and button downness is so high, which is why she's the data person. Yeah, she's the uh, company, yeah. basically. She, she's the only one who can actually have a TV show or get licensed by the FCC. Neither, neither of us would last. Yeah. We'd get shut down. All right. So that, that's my one. Okay. Back to me. Yeah, this is your turn. We're going back and forth. Um, you you told a success story in your direct mail and didn't connect it to the need. Well, but I'm supposed to show how people got help. Yeah, and, and, and the way that works is even one of your scaffolding solution. I know, but if you don't tell what, about the problem and don't tell about the consequence, you have to say, um, Larry the sloth. Yes, Larry's having a great experience. But there are several sloths in the trees or wherever that still need help. You have to show need. And success does not equate to a donor solving a problem. Because they, in their mind, very quickly, it's like, problem solved. I don't need to get. Larry's good. You can also do it at a, at a, at a Larry level of, you know, he, I saw Larry hanging on the tree for a minute, which may not seem like a big deal. That's what sloths do. But just oh, yeah. two months ago... He couldn't even move. He was so okay, but he was that's, so decimated from his millennial. He didn't feed him <laughs> that 
he could barely move. Now he's he's on a tree doing what a sloth ought to do. Exactly. Exactly. And 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 you just you just executed beautifully another way you can tell a success story. Bunny quotes, bunny ears around that. However you say it, at, at this inverted commas. Inverted commas <laughs> for our British listeners. Uh, but yet, yet it allows you to talk about the 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 problem in another sloth's life or another person's mm-hmm. life or a millennial's life or whatever. One need is solved, but there's more to come. Yeah, yeah. My second one on my list, not know any order of importance, but how I wrote them down. You asked the don you asked your donor to support your organization. You didn't ask them to support your cause or help them solve the problem that you're fighting. That can look like a few Thank things you for that. Help us with that. We need your help to end the year on firm finan- <laughs> financial, financial footing. Which, a few episodes back, we found out we, we got into that. That can be an easy thing when you're up against a budget crisis. That is all you are thinking about every waking hour. And so when you write, that, that comes through. But a donor doesn't care about helping you meet budget. A donor cares about helping you meet budget so that because you're going to be able to do all these other things. And so by making clear that this thing that normally wouldn't matter to a donor, nobody really cares about this. It, it impacts the thing you do care about. A donor cares about that all of a sudden, and you can help make sure that instead of help, make sure our doors are open, help make sure we in the the year on firm financial food, we make our budget, help make sure that when a millennial abandons a sloth, there's a place for that sloth to go and heal. And you do that, and a donor cares, but if you make it about your organization, they don't care. That's that why thing we have talked about several different times. Of if you don't make that connection of why I should care, it mm-hmm. just falls flat. And mm-hmm. it's it's so easy when you're inside to really care about your mm-hmm. budget. That's not because you're hard-hearted. It's because you know the consequence, or I should yeah. stop saying consequence. You need to know the reasons why that is important for the work you're doing and not get into that. Mm-hmm. I mean, this, this is a great example of the times that, you know, we have uh, worked with clients and I know lots of people deal with this, of fiscal year mm-hmm. kinds of, of coming up on a, the end of a fiscal year. And there are really good reasons about the work of the organization that have nothing to, that the donor, if they, all they think about is fiscal year, if they even understand what fiscal fiscal year is. Fiscal year. Yeah, you get in trouble. So um, uh, that that connecting the why is a huge piece. I I totally agree. Unlock a lot. Yeah, yeah. All firm financial footing from here. Okay, all right, my turn. Um, You use the wrong photos, okay? And, and by wrong photos, here's how you know you've choose the wrong, you chose the wrong photos, is the direct mail failed. <laughs> no, <laughs> sorry. Moving on. <laughs> yeah, next. <laughs> no. Um, uh, Use a sloth when, you, when, when, you, <laughs> when you're an elephant sanctuary. So if you've been doing, if you've been doing uh, this work very long, you've been in this battle unless you are in a very unusual organization. And if you are in this place, 
just know God blessed you in this significant way and feel sorry for the rest of us, right? Yeah. Because most of us struggle to find a photo that tells the right story. And the story, in other words, uh, if you're telling uh, primarily a need thing, you're not dealing with success and turning that corner, but you're dealing primarily with need, and all you have are happy grip and grin photos. Happy people. Yeah. Not a care in the world. Yeah. And, it's great. And it's great. And, and okay, you know, and your organization knows the journey that person has been on. So you say that person is different now, but the photo it looks like something was taken at Rotary or Kiwanis mm -hmm. or a college graduation. And so you go, well, they don't need any help or what's that about? And to be clear, you're not saying you can never do that. No, I'm just saying if your if your if your topic or your hmm. your focus was need another photo, I just need to say this is my bias and I'm not everybody agrees with this. Oh man, are you ready? I yeah, I know where you're going. You may not. I'm the, gonna... the big check photos. Oh, that's not worth that. Uh, yeah, oh, the big check donation. Yeah, the publisher's so, clearinghouse. Yeah, kinda. so they got that you know that great big check and their the car dealership came and dropped off twenty five grand. Yeah. Yeah, or five, you know, what, yeah, what, I, whatever. The, I just the dollar amount is, is, is those photos you feel good about, the donor feels good about, those of us at home that don't have the big check, we just wrote you a little check physically, but it was a big amount to us. That's a chilling kind of thing for people to, to experience. What do you think I was going to say about what photos do you think I was going to say? I'm not, I'm not going to get into that. Are you? Yeah, no, not at all. Not? No, okay. no, no, no. All right, okay. Um, um, yeah. Is that, is, are you, is that it? Like, well, no, so no, no. Write it on a piece of paper. Uh, I'll, 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 I'll see if I can figure out a multitask and text you. <laughs> no, it's all right. Um, I'm not, I don't text mine, on podcast. Oh, okay. Mine is a tone deaf topic. Your topic was huh? tone deaf, huh? which is ironic. Actually, it's not ironic, but in the song logic, it's ironic that, Tone deaf is in text and is written because hard to have tone, but oh, yeah. you can have a tone deaf topic a few ways. The way you think about it is, did your appeal topic match what's top of mind for a donor? Because the first goal of any direct mail, any email, any fundraising is to match as close as you can to what a donor's thinking about the day they get it. Yeah. There are times that can work. You can send out when it gets really cold and you need extra coats. You can send out an urgent, uh, urgent Graham kind of thing when it's cold and that matches with the cold donor bundling up to go to their mailbox. That's great. That same appeal does not work if you have to, if you happen to be in a syndicated program and you are in Arizona. Yeah. <laughs> it, and it's a, it, you know, Phoenix doesn't get a lot of cold snaps, <laughs> but if you're talking about that, and if you're in a syndicated program, you don't get choice over that. And that happens, but you can apply that same logic everywhere else of, okay, well, we're thinking about this. Is a donor going to be thinking about this? They're going to understand, is this going to send the wrong message? Yeah. Another way you can actually be tone deaf is with a missed opportunity. And so instead of being, I guess, tone deaf, you're missing a tone. I don't know. If you are writing and working your project so far out, because we've talked before about yeah. how important planning is. Getting enough room. And getting enough room to hit your marks. Yeah. 
you can do that too far in the other direction. And if you're writing something six months before it's supposed to be in inboxes or mailboxes, there are opportunities you're missing in your community to talk about, allude to, to mention one to tie anything that's going on in real life in, in the donor's world to you and your mission, but also to make sure they know that what you are doing in your organization is around the corner. It's here. This isn't a far off organization in New York city that we want you to send your money across the country. This is right here. This is your neighbors helping your neighbors or whatever your version of that is. So you can have an opportunity to say the wrong thing or you can not say the right thing. Either way that will kill your direct mail. Yeah, because one of the things that is so nice is if you can land in the middle of the donor's existing thought mm-hmm. with with your well-structured appeal. Um, uh, have done uh, some work at various points for relief and development kinds of organizations, and in, sometimes in the business it, it's called the CNN effect. You know, mm-hmm. if it's if it's on CNN. And you have a need, not some of your stretching or mm-hmm. making up. But it's I mean, if true. You're, if you're there, you 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 strike hard and fast, and mm-hmm. that that's one of the things that uh, we did. <laughs> it was one of those times that you were um, you were running fast, but during as COVID began, we had clients who were beginning to get some some personal experiences with COVID in mm-hmm. their in their ministries. And um, we went to donors so fast, uh, our, our clients were a little surprised to see... Uh, How quick uh, that was hitting their mailbox. Emails and direct mail going into the mailbox because it was top of mind for that community or that organization's donors. And it is startling how what a difference that makes in... Not just, not let's just set aside money for a second and just say, in the donor's understanding mm-hmm. of how crisp the organization is in the work they do and how important it is that that they're actually dealing with something right now that is, that is important. It, it goes back to all the things we've talked about, about being sure your organization and the ask and the things you talk about are concrete. You're made, you have to really work hard to make it sticky and real. Mm. This just drives right into that. And it, so, oh yeah, that's, that's good. We could, we could talk all day about that. Yeah. Try, like, oh, and, we're, and we're working on not doing two hour podcasts. We're getting so close. We're, going. <laughs> we're going to trim them down. <laughs> all right. What's your, I guess this is your fourth one. Your last one. So is this number eight or no, I started. That's number seven. Yeah. Be interesting to see how your table drumming sounds on the audio. Um, I'm not doing it over your audience. It'll be easy to. <laughs> that might help. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm going to do. I, I'm going to say this. Uh, I'm not going to say what it is. I'm just going to talk about this podcast for a second and say uh, one of the things that uh, you have led and I have been a willing um, participant. I almost said dupe, but participant uh, is in in the tone of this. Mm-hmm. And because you really had the vision that we were going to be, we we're going to keep this casual and we were going to mm-hmm. keep it entertaining, at least for us, if not mm-hmm. for anybody else. Yeah. And to some degree with a little less, uh, a little more formality, we, we've replicated 
maybe not conversation we've had at people's barbecues, but but it, but it's certainly conversations close. we've had at the office it, and, and we have around the table uh, when we're together, because that's who we are, and it is not something. Uh, there are going to be people who have better technical podcast stuff. There are going to be people who have their webinar thing. Yeah, flashy. They they got the webinar yeah. and the things the dog flashing behind come in yeah. the back. You know all that stuff. But but if 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 you see and hear this podcast, even a thirty second clip after you've listened to a few, you would know. You might not remember our mm-hmm. names. You might not remember Winnicity's name, but you would know who we were. Mm-hmm. And who we are. So, um, in the same way, your direct mail. The reason your direct mail failed is there was some gap, some some variance in how the message sounded to the donor. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's the way that plays out. Um, many times, we talked about leader voice, leader lensing, all of those kinds of things of, of, of making the leader real. We have talked about messaging for the organization and talking about the problem as the organization uh, uh, goes about changing the world, doing doing the work you do. And we've talked about that there's language and there are things you each organization does, each nonprofit does that's totally unique. Mm-hmm. That that is uh, in the DNA of the organization. It's simple stuff. But donors over time begin to notice. And here's what happens is someone comes along, sometimes it's a board member, sometimes it's, you know, the, the boss's assistant, somebody, yeah, anyway. Uh, High-priced co- intern. Somebody comes along and, and, and wants to either push it up on the corporate jargon scale and make us sound more professional and or make us or adjust the reading level. Oh yeah. That's a good one. Uh, yeah. Um, or, uh, someone, uh, hires a, uh, an English major who is very concerned about beginning sentences with words like, and, and because mm. you better and not but. start with a conjunction yeah. or a preposition yeah. or dangle your participles out there. All of those things are things that, if you're writing for your thesis or mm-hmm. for a technical document, you don't do fundraising needs to sound like people talking to people. And the way each of us talks, it has to be unique. And your organization has its own it should. If it doesn't, you're missing a, uh, an opportunity. It does, whether you oh, are I guess that's true. Whether you're putting that in front of donors or not. It can be your it can organization be, yeah, yeah. does have DNA. It has a message sound. You have your unique tone, your unique fingerprint, your voice print yeah. is there. And and the donors hear and understand it. And mm-hmm. and they pick up on it. Uh, very few of them will say, "Well, that doesn't sound like you." But what will happen is it won't resonate. Because you've, uh, if you'll allow some kind of a, a little bit of a, of a weird analogy, you've set up a resonance. You've set up a connection with a donor. The donor is, it, and it's not one way. It's not transmissive. It's a back and forth, right? And, and the donor thinks they, they have a, a stronger relationship with you than you think you have with them if you've done it right. Mm-hmm. And that's such a fun, weird thing to do. And every now and then I get get the chance to say that to a CEO and they disagree with me 
or they can't believe it to be true. And you walk them through some of this and it turns out people know their voice yeah, and people understand it. And so you, one of the reasons, one of the, one of the, the seventh of eight, right? Yeah. Is, is you didn't sound like you and, um, you need to sound like you, mm-hmm. it, you'll do better. My favorite radio station that's local, their phrase is, we can do what they do, but they can't do what we do. Yeah. And that's nice. I like that. You can, you could go copy somebody else's sound, but they can't copy yours and it's unique to yeah. you. You own that, whether yeah. you are owning it or not. Yep. So number eight, the eighth reason or the number one reason, depending on which way we're going to count oh, yeah. using the metric system or not is <laughs> we'd have to have 10 to do metric. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Okay. Um, you only had one call to action. Wait a minute. Yeah. Hmm. Now, that is better than zero. Spoiler alert. Yeah. But you only had one call to action. I, I asked my wife out a lot before I got a yes to go on a date. Was this after you got married? No. No, I, I don't even ask anymore because I know it's going to be no. <laughs> um, she just wants to go hang out with her friends. <laughs> But before we were dating, I wanted to date my, I wanted to date Sarah and she wanted to be friends. And I asked Ooh, the friend zone. Uh, yeah, I was there and I was fighting against that. I was, I was asking a lot and I eventually got a yes. And it's the same with donors. There are so many reasons why let's just say, okay, you do one call to action. There's so many reasons why that one call to action didn't work. A donor couldn't, might not have seen it. The post office could have crumpled, um, ink could have run, or they literally might not have seen it. They're scanning, man. They're not reading it. Yeah. So you put all your eggs into that basket. They didn't even see it. It wasn't strong enough yeah. or it was too soft. It didn't resonate yeah. with that donor. Yeah. You didn't have a chance to go hard at some, soft at others to figure out what works. Because there are times you can go hard, there are times you go soft. If you do multiple times, you can do both. And there's one combination that's going to unlock the the heart of a donor. Take multiple tries to crack that safe. All in one letter? All in one letter. Another reason is you added, they saw it. They loved your call to action. It was great. It was awesome. It resonated with them. It's exactly what they needed. But there was more to your letter, so they kept reading and then they forgot all about Something it. Something caught on fire in the kitchen. And, and they, they finished it. the letter and they tossed it. Loved your letter. It was great. The call to action even had them hooked. But because you didn't ask again to remind them. Or put it in the PS. Or put it in the P, which would have been a second time. You didn't put it anywhere else. They loved it. You put it in the right spot. They saw it. Everything worked. But you didn't give it an opportunity to work again. Yeah. So ask more than once. Again, to your point, donors are scanning. So what to yeah. you... In a copy review, seems like every other sentence is an ask. Yeah. And maybe it is, depending on how many lines you're writing. A donor is maybe going to see like 80% of that. Oh, that's on the high end. I'm just saying maybe. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's very rare for a donor to have seen it all and for it to all sink in. It's just not going to happen. You have to ask more times and you can say, well, that makes me uncomfortable. Well, that's just not, that's not what we're about. We've never worked with a client who was asking it 
a frequency and an appeal. We don't really have a term for that. Who wasn't asking enough where we increased how often in an appeal or emails we were asking that it didn't significantly increase their results. Not 10, 15%, 35, 40% increase. Really noticeable. Bump. Quickly. Mm-hmm. Because it, it, it's, it, you're not saying the same words over and over and no. over again. No, that's a that's, good point. No, don't copy the, paste. Yeah, that's part of the, the, the skill of copywriting is to find ways to say the same thing without using um, uh, the thesaurus or mm-hmm. any of those kinds of, of, you know, just looking for synonyms, but, but to actually find different ways of saying it without getting into weird words unless the weird word is intentionally there as a and speed get, bump. And, and, and then it yeah. gets their attention, they yeah. stop that. So it's that writing thing. But ask more than once. It may be, un- if, it, if that sounds uncomfortable or if that's huh to you, you're probably not asking enough. Oh, that's a good, yeah, that's great. That's a great rule of thumb. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I like that. So those are your eight reasons. There's more. One of those we're going to unpack on a future episode in a big way. It's going to be great. But next is On Your Radar, which started, uh, again, going back to that we've been doing this before we were doing this, uh, sharing articles or stories back and forth of, hey, you got to read this and we check this out. They're not always exactly related to the work. So some the phrase that would, would pop between us was, hey, this, just, this ought to be on your radar. Get to it pretty quick before the moments pass, but you don't have to stop down and read it. So this is something that should be on your radar. It's interesting. I'll go first. Okay. The Snopes co-founder for five or six years was writing misinformation and plagiarized posts on Snope. Okay, you need to, while I get my composure back, you need to talk what... So Snopes is a, uh, you, most of you probably know what it is, it's, it's a bulwark of the internet to verify what you're seeing. So if you hear something on the internet, and for whatever reason you can't track down the original source, uh, you can't go to the website where it says this happened, or there you can't find video of this, you can go to Snopes, and Snopes takes things that trend, get attention on the internet, does research, interviews people, sort of like internet detectives or sleuths, <laughs> and says, we can verify that, yes, this happened. We can verify that it didn't happen. Or Here are the sources. Yeah, from- here's all the sources. Or we can't really tell if this is true or not. And they started from debunking urban myths and urban legends. But then, if you've been on the internet... You realize that it's just a bunch of interconnected computers trading urban myths back and forth. And so, and creating memes out of it. Yeah. And and so Snopes blew up, but one of the co-founders has been just, he's been plagiarizing articles from like the daily telegraph and the daily caller and some other places using a pseudonym and just writing misinformation to perpetuate conspiracy theories on Snopes, under their banner, confirming things. Did you confirm this on Snopes? No, but they came out and their uh, CEO said, this this goes literally against everything we stand for, full stop. Suspended, reviewing. That's like Smokey the Bear being an arsonist. Yeah, it's nuts. The only way it ties back... Does it tie into anything? I mean, you just... Besides just... Devastating. Is that... 
Somebody is always going to find out if you fuck oh, something. There you go. Ah, oh, that's nice. Yeah. Don't make stuff up. Nope. It may take six years. Wow. Or 25, like the Flaming Hot Cheetos guy I talked about a few weeks ago. But just, again, going back to your fingerprint, your, your organization is you. It may not be a perfect story or situation that you want, but it's yours. Yeah. That's always better than making a fake one. Yeah. All right. So, so, so right. beat that fake okay. news. All right. I'll try to. Uh, this is a headline. I'm just going to read it the way I read it. Okay. COVID surges killing more in-person fundraisers. Oh, man. I'm glad we are a big work-from-home company. I, I, I read that. This is killing the people. It's killing the people. It's I killing mean, the fundraisers. The, okay, and I'm just, I don't usually name who did this, but I'm just going to name them. I mean, not that they're going to care, but uh, the, this is out of the nonprofit times. Okay. I read that and went, okay, major gift people, development yep. officers have got a hard enough time. It mm-hmm. is tough enough to keep those people in work and to. It's hard know, enough to find those to people. To find them and keep them going. And, do, and now they're dying on the job from COVID. <laughs> Okay, turns out the article is about events. Which, at times, are often called fundraisers. In-person events. That. So. But man, that doesn't get. And, and then they go on to talk clicks. about. Then they go on to talk about all uh, several events. And this is an August uh, 16 um, uh, article. So it's not, you know, 2020. Talk about thing, big, some big nationals and some big regional events that uh, primarily the COVID uh, variant has is causing some cancellations. And so, my callback is one: um, you know, get someone else to read your headline to make sure that's what you meant to say. I mean, I I can be the king of that. That's why you know it takes three proofers to keep me going, right? And that is yeah. awesome. And the other thing is we talked about on our event podcast. Uh, don't kill the people who attend. Well, no, we, yeah, we, we didn't say that, but that's sort of, don't kill the people that attend. But, but what we said was be prepared for mm-hmm. a, a pivot into either always allowing for a virtual option for those that don't want to do, to, to be there, mm-hmm. even though you're going to be in, in person. Yep. And then we've got, we got some clients who are, we're helping them configure an A and B strategy. If, if we're allowed to and think it's wise mm-hmm. to do the event, we'll do it this way. If not, here's our virtual pivot. So I'll be ready. There's also an introvert variant going around. It's causing a lot of people <laughs> to not attend in-person events. I've had that for a number of years. I don't um, think there's a vaccine. There though. is no vaccine. Although I, I have found uh, Apple TV helps. Um, uh, let's see what else we're going to say about that. Uh, okay. Yeah. I think I'll, I think I'll stop there before I get in trouble. Okay. Well, this was episode 21 of Not Your Father's Fundraising Podcast. We can't rent a car. (laughs) We could drink. And we could vote. And we're not going to learn who we're going to vote about from Snopes. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. That is so sad. And if if you're a major donor person, don't worry about dying. Maybe. I don't know. Mask up. Yeah. (laughs) On our next episode... We're going to show why advertising above men's room urinals is your next donor acquisition strategy. Oh my, you have pushed the, you have, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm Steve Thomas. I'm Ryan Thomas. Thanks for listening.
Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Not Your Father's Fundraising Podcast. If you've enjoyed the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. We really appreciate that effort. Tune back in next week for another fresh episode of Not Your Father's Fundraising Podcast.